everybody to the week one 2021 web.com podcast that's right we're back it's the flagship program what is going on fellas not too much excited to get back in the swing of things here these routine weekly podcasts let's go yep start of the season nothing like it uh Sunday was crazy, a whirlwind. I was, honestly, I got a little burned out by the end of that 3.30 window, and then the Packers ruined my life. But it was it was a fun day overall. Yeah, I th- that was my biggest takeaway from Sunday, was just, like, how exhausted I felt by doing nothing. It was just like, <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with Webb. I'm trying to keep up with the with the games. It's just like everything was going on, and I just I was so burnt out, and the Packers just took my soul away, and then <laughs> that was the end of it. And I lost, and it's great, great little day. Yeah, you always know it's a rough Sunday when you got Netflix open at like five thirty. Like <laughs> oh take no, anymore. yeah, <laughs> don't even watch a Sunday night game. It's just like, uh, yeah, I can't <laughs> do this anymore. Yeah, so. Well, I mean, the good news here is that football is back and Webb is back. Points hit the board and results have been decided and there are wins and losses. This is one of the most exciting times of the entire year is breaking down this week one slate, also known as the week of overreaction. (laughs) And you can sure as hell bet we're going to be doing a little bit of that today. Uh, first thing I want to get into before we get into the games, uh, once again, it's an unprecedented time in web last year. We went into things with 12 teams for the first time this year. We're going in with a completely revamped defense, uh, looking at the scores from week one defensive scoring through one week, but to compare it to last year is up over 20 points per game if you can believe that so uh this was not a small change by any means this is adding 20 more points onto the board you may have noticed that based off of the number of 200 plus point performers this week um so i'm asking you guys what'd you think one week with the defensive buffs I enjoyed it. I don't I don't remember. I don't have any stats back this up, but I feel like defense always starts quick and then kind of tails off at the end of the year. But So we'll see if this 78 holds up. Um, the one thing I did think of is this isn't even including Chandler Jones's game as he was on the bench, so could have probably been even higher. So I liked it so far. Um, it seems like the solo tackle, assisted tackle, I think that was a low-key part, but part of the change but i i liked that um getting a little bit extra boost if you guys making those open field solo tackles and the the big plays was was fun to have those mean a little bit more too yeah i like it it's really interesting to see how it's changed just from last year and i think yeah the defensive lineman like obviously it was a crazy week for him but that buff is real nice because I know last year every every game we're like looking it's like well it didn't really get much production from his defensive line spot and it's like yeah that was pretty much every week there were maybe a few guys that would pop off but I don't know if it was just this week was crazy but 
seemed like just across the board, defensive line numbers were, were really strong. I think the QB hits mm-hmm. really helps with that. So that that so far it looks like what we wanted with that has come to fruition, and it'll be interesting to see how it translates uh, through the rest of the season. Yeah, defensive line obviously was the the primary target or beneficiary of the changes. And yeah, just going through the games this week, I mean, we some of these guys. And I mean, we're gonna obviously talk about like Chandler Jones and stuff. Sorry, Caleb, but I mean that is just uh, that is the epitome of the new system where this this sort of game. Five sacks, two forced fumbles, like he's he's literally taking over a game. That's a 50 bomb. And that feels to me like the equivalent of a 50 bomb for Alvin Kamara or yeah. whoever else, you know, like scores five game. touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that felt right to me, and it was nice to see that. Um, Dan just narrowly missed. A hundred point defensive game. I mean, obviously, we're going to be shattering records all season long on the defense. This is going to be a, a new era in the stats for defense for sure. But yeah, Dan almost started us off with a hundred point game, ninety nine point seventy five for him uh, in a in a dominant week, and we'll talk about that mm-hmm. too. But um, yeah, yeah. Looking at even just my score, I put up sixty four point two five points. Uh, which was three points above my average from last year, which was third in the league. And 64 was 10th in the league. So that is now a low score, whereas I think we used 60 as a benchmark before. So that's pretty interesting. Yep, and Josh, 59.35. He was our lowest scorer. And like you just said, 60 was sort of a benchmark. I mean, that's kind of been the average uh, give or take, um, last year was a little bit lower than what we had been seeing. Um, but yeah, 60 is kind of that, that average point, and that is now your your low bar. So, um, All right. Uh, I don't think I have any other big takeaways, so let's just jump into the games. And mm-hmm. we are going to start with, a game that would have likely been selected as game of the week had we done that, but uh, it certainly ended up as the game of the week when it was all said and done because it was one of the most dramatic web games that I can remember. Um, Came right down to the wire, literally, on Monday night, an overtime game on Monday night, and and it was decided there. Uh, Dave and Kelvin... Two teams that you know, one of one of which is coming off of this this season and co- going in with you know undeniable title aspirations and Dave, and then you have the upstart, the the guy who wants it. He's positioned himself and he came out. Calvin did in week one here and made a real statement to the league that he might be for real. Yeah, I think my main takeaway of this game is just how impactful that. Dak Prescott trade was for Calvin. I don't really remember the last time he had a difference-making QB, so immediately gets Dak, and then on top of it, which I com- almost completely forgot about it, he has the Dak-Amari Cooper stack. Um, so that was my immediate takeaway. I don't think Calvin's had like quarterback firepower on this team like he has now, so that was 
a huge a huge statement for him um i think a lot of us were didn't keep him in that tier dave came on twitter and said hey calvin belongs in this in this top five and i think he proved it in week one so we'll see if he can keep that going yeah the the deck that was my same point i was gonna do how big of a move that was because you know if he's starting carson wentz or big ben this week this doesn't turn into the game of the week um so Dak coming out there the stack with amari who gets 16 targets um i think that's going to be a lethal duo and he's still got you know justin jefferson calvin ridley jt like this is an awesome offense and even tyler hegby could uh, maybe step up at tight end for him he hasn't kind of been lacking star power there as well over the years and uh he had a 100 of the tight end snaps so he's locked in as the guy there uh in la with matt stafford now at quarterback so that's a good sign and then defensively it wasn't a great week for him i mean he was all right um T.J. Watt does T.J. Watt things, solid debut from Fred Warner, and Logan Ryan, um, the always underrated defensive asset. Maybe some little holes to fill. J.O.K. didn't quite have the debut he'd want, Bud Dupree either, but overall it was a valiant effort from Calvin, and it came right down to the wire. Yeah, I want to I hit on that defense because it, it, he was right about middle of the road this week, uh, fifth this week with 81.25 uh, on the defense but for him that is a that is a significant improvement or at least something that he would like to continue to see um, you know coming off of being the ninth rated defense last year it's a group that he addressed um, and Fred Warner obviously was a huge offseason acquisition he had a solid debut a uh, good debut, honestly, for, for him. And then uh, T.J. Watt picking up right where he left off. And yeah, Logan Ryan, man, he's uh, he might be back. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Remember a, a year ago when he didn't have a team yet? And we were yeah. just like, oh, it's like Calvin <laughs> lost his best, best defensive player. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So, if, the, if I mean, if that can keep up, then that's going to be really huge. Obviously, we expect the offense to to be significant, and he was this week. He was the number three offense this week, large in part to that Dak Amari stack. Um, that is that is just going to be a nuclear weapon for him if they can have that sort of year um, that that Dak was on pace to have before he got hurt last year. So. Um, yeah, definitely uh, afraid of this team a little bit more than I was even going into the year. Did you guys see how close Calvin was to winning this game on a on that Jeffer, Justin Jefferson near touchdown? I think it should have been maybe a touchdown, but it ended up getting called down at like the goal line, and Dalvin got it instead. I did not. That's I forgot about that. I forgot I, about that. I saw that and I like looked at him. I was like, "Oh, Justin Jefferson touchdown! Here he's doing it again this year." And all of a sudden, I realized, "Hey, he didn't actually get that one, and ended up being the difference." Well, then it was almost the fumble thing that I mean, what did it did it take points off the board for Calvin here? Was that it? It did. Yep. So that was like, I mean, was it three points? So that's mm-hmm. two twenty three to two twenty four. So that I mean, I'm glad that didn't affect the game, and I'm glad. We caught it earlier um, before the matchup was over because that maybe even saved a little bit of heartache. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was that would have been disastrous, and that was like a sleeper. I think that was on both sides. There was offensive glitches with fumbles and IDP glitch. So we caught it, luckily, and yeah, it didn't uh, didn't affect anything in the long run. But what a what a game! I mean, the Waller Jacobs duel yeah. on Monday night. Um, and I mean, we can we can turn that into a, a little bit of a bigger conversation while we're still on Kelvin here about Josh Jacobs because while he did have the two touchdowns, he didn't necessarily have the sort of performance on the ground that you know you'd necessarily want to see. I believe it was thirty six or so yards. Um, so we we kind of talked about Josh Jacobs being a web factor, being a sort of you know difference maker for this team and uh what you know he gets into the end zone this week but you got to kind of wonder if that is going to be a hole for him moving forward yeah that one's tough because I, I think he was it seemed like he was pretty held back by whatever he had going on with his foot like i think they had a special cleat for him or something they were saying on the broadcast that he ended up taking off so i don't know if that held him back so I, it might be a wait and see but yeah, like you said, you need every part of your lineup going to compete with some of these teams in the Big Five. Yeah, I I think we'll have to wait and see with what the injury and it looked like he was dealing with a little bit. Um, yeah, the the carry the rush to ten carries, thirty four yards, not great. Punches it in a couple times. If only they could have punched it in one last time on the goal line, that would have changed the fate of that game. But um, just yeah, it, it's interesting to look at and follow a monitor going forward did you guys see that sleeper alert today for jacobs or something it said he was like held out of practice and the parentheses for the reason was just everything (laughs) (laughs) i didn't see that so i didn't see it come on my phone but then it was on reddit later and i was like that is same same well yeah i mean he was playing hurt and i know he was dealing with that illness too so i i safe to say he was not operating at anything close to 100 percent. so i'm gonna wait to overreact over josh dago's performance oh and while we're talking about close games here i don't know i feel like stat changes might be more of a thing even than they were than last year once you mix in all these yeah the extra point totals and stats we have now yeah so that's what i was thinking about in in my game with mingo and i was like i'd like to get like a five point lead here i'm not gonna feel great that's that's a thing now yeah i know that with the assisted tackle and the the whatever and take away a qb hit and yeah Yeah, that's that could definitely make things interesting. So I mean, I think uh, I think we're pr- basically in the clear. This well, I don't, I'm not going to say anything. We're not in the clear till till Thursday. <laughs> but um, I would have won the pack five last year if it wasn't for that sad change. <laughs> <laughs> I still think about that. That's, that's that. That's the kind of thing that just sticks with you forever. That's just traumatic. Oh <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay, let's. Dave, uh, flip side. Dave, the winner of this game, um, thanks to uh, a ten wib. Calvin had the nine wib. Dave comes in with the ten. He did this to a couple teams last year in the Big Five slate, and he's already doing it again. 
just too much firepower. Even when you bring your best, you can't you can't match up with this team. Um, and he's showing us already uh, that this is in fact round two, uh, and maybe even better than the first time around. Yeah, I think a big statement for Dave was that defense didn't didn't look like it showed any signs of aging. Um, the other thing too is I don't even think we saw his peak. I mean, McCaffrey didn't get a touchdown. Tannehill was meh. Um, Kamara seems like he pretty much their game plan turned in really conservative really quickly against the Packers. So I don't even think we've seen Dave's peak, and he scored two twenty. So this this Dan Dave battle this year is shaping up to be real nice, real nice. Yeah, I'm just looking at how loaded this wide receiver core is now, even though, you know, every year there was the joke about the elite wide receiver, but he adds A.J. Brown, and he's got Thielen and McLaurin starting, and then just chilling on the bench, he's got Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, and then he's also got Daryl Henderson on the bench, who all of a sudden is the bell cow for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, Over 90% of the snaps for them, that's just crazy. Uh, so all of a sudden this is like a, with, with Henderson, maybe picking it back up the addition of AJ Brown and even like Logan Thomas off the bench isn't bad. This is a pretty deep team. Um, maybe a little cause for concern. Ryan, well, I don't know. Ryan Tannehill didn't have a great week. You wonder if maybe, you know, Tannehill's really good. Is he going to have enough production to be like that elite guy for Dave? Um, and Jalen Smith, I don't know really the, the Cowboys linebacker situation is, kind of uh, kind of gross right now i mean they brought in keanu neal and micah parsons and they're taking away a lot of snaps from jalen smith and lve almost looks like a changing of the guard so that could be a little bit of a weakness at linebacker uh but otherwise just another another nice week here for dave yeah i wanted to bring that up because it i mean it's week one but it is the week of overreaction and i have to say this uh do if you're dave do you trust Ryan Tannehill, who has been underrated for two years. The the sentiment has not matched the production, but we saw what the Titans looked like. They they weren't looking good. It was, it was not good. Tannehill did not look good. If you're Dave right now, do you trust him for the long haul, or do you maybe start to think uh, quarterback could be in my plans as we move forward? Uh, if I were Dave... I, my panic meter would be at a, like a low to moderate. I think it's right in the middle there. I mean, with Tannehill these past few years, it's it's always been a run-first team, so he kind of gets by on just being super efficient because Derrick Henry just attracts so much attention. So the fact that that offense didn't look as good would have me a little bit concerned. I'd maybe want to see like two or three weeks before I start maybe thinking about trying to see what kind of moves would be out there, but... I'd be a little bit concerned right now if I were Dave. Yeah, and with, with talking about quarterbacks on this team, uh, how about Drew Brees? Nice week in the booth for NBC. <laughs> looked really good. Um, looked like he got some new hair or something going on there. So I think that was a really bright spot for this team as well, uh, seeing <laughs> one of the team's uh, historic figures move did on. Get any, did he get any points for that? Is there any points <laughs> on the board for that analysis? We, we definitely need to develop a scoring system because I would love mm-hmm. to, to draft announcers on or like analysts onto my team. That would be very cool. Yeah, you got uh, you got 
all the other web owners putting in almost 20 waiver claims <laughs> this week just trying to get any little piece to the end of the roster and Dave's just holding on to the the analyst uh, Drew Brees so <laughs> yeah you know I'll, I'm gonna point this out too because he still has Brees and Edelman and he also has Anthony Miller on the active he's not on IR so he's currently <laughs> wasting three roster spots and he's and also he's just got a bench won. spot to sit yeah. there too. I mean, he's this guy is flexing on the league. He's like, I don't even need all my roster spots, and I'm still gonna kick your asses. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I mean, by the time those end of the bench guys can make an impact, Dave's team will be on the into the sunset. So he's like, yep. eh, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> all right, well. Uh, that's the that's the start of, of the year for the boys, as expected. Let's jump over to a matchup that did not go as expected for one team, and that is Parker and Caleb, because I was uh, was hyping up the Keel Pros pretty hard in the uh, preview shows and. Pretty much everything that could have went wrong this week did from a lineup perspective, Caleb. So you wanna you wanna address that while you're here? <laughs> yeah. Um I'm not yeah, I I wasn't as rattled as everyone was making me out to be for the <laughs> for the Chandler Jones decision. Like honestly I was happy to see it just because there was no universe where I was starting Chandler Jones this week. Uh Brian Burns and Nick Bosa in the lineup. Haven't seen Chandler Jones since like week two of last season, and he hadn't really done much in the first two weeks. So um, honestly, I'm just happy to see him. I mean, it was insane, and I if I play him and Debo, I I win. But uh, it was just uh, really good to see him and a few other guys put up points, um, and you know have them either keep them or have them as chess pieces. So and then another thing with this game. As is a trend I've also noticed, and Fraser also brought it up before the show. Uh, week one, I stink. I come out of the gates so slow. Uh, Twenty, let's see, where is it? Twenty nineteen, week one, I had a week low, one hundred six points. Next season, I lost one hundred forty two points, and then this year, uh, one hundred sixty six point performance, which with the defensive boost is right around last year. So. Um, honestly, I was kind of expecting it out of the gates. I don't know why. It was, it's, it's just sort of been my thing. Um, so the panic meter is very low here right now. Uh, just so we're already on the next week. Yeah, I think there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stats, even though your team didn't put, put up much numbers this week, that uh, show like you're going to rebound like you have in recent years, like Najee getting... Literally all the carries, there's no way that offense can continue to be that bad, and the Bills got a tough defense. You think Najee getting all those carries, you think eventually that's going to lead to some catches and some touchdowns. Uh, Miles Sanders and Gibson, two guys who going into the year were players that we didn't know for sure if they would have a part in the receiving game, and they each had uh, five targets, so that's a good sign too. Gibson... Kind of made McKissick pretty irrelevant after him stealing a bunch of targets from him last year. And Debo coming out. You would think between Debo and Galladay, between the four hamstrings, two of them should be good to go <laughs> oh, yeah. at once for the whole year. So 
Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of behind the scenes good stuff going on despite the uh, three whips. So not too concerned yet for Caleb. Yeah, it doesn't really fit the the narrative of overreaction, but I I really like that level headed. Uh, attitude you have there Caleb that's that's really nice because not uh, not everybody would would be saying the same things as we will get to shortly um, <laughs> but foreshadowing <laughs> um, yeah I mean I, I this needs to be talked about because it is a I feel like this is a major part of the day regardless of if it counted or not the Chandler Jones game was so legendary just like watching it unfold and like it totally makes sense that you wouldn't have started him and like I that's why it's great that you can acknowledge that but like I feel like it was just like the perfect entrance into this new era of web defense <laughs> because it was like the epitome of what this looks like when everything goes together. Like this is what we wanted and you have a 50 point defensive lineman <laughs> having a historic day. I mean this it puts into perspective what that, you know, that what a normal great game like that two and a half sack game is going to look like. Like that's mm-hmm. going to feel good. And this game mm-hmm. was just out of control. And and you had other guys, too. Chris Jones and Max Crosby on the bench. I mean, everybody was popping off for you. Your defensive line is like a, a <laughs> five-headed monster right now. Yeah, I did not expect this coming into this year. Like, I, I didn't know what to expect from all three of these guys, both the Jones. I know Chris Jones is moving to edge rusher, so I had high hopes. Max Crosby um was playing her i know he's i think he's like battling with addiction too so i mean max crosby looked good monday night he was all over the place so um all of a sudden this defensive line from i mean if they can keep it up is just insane and kind of turns in like i said chess pieces for this team to make moves for other areas where i struggled like linebacker aj johnson uh, he didn't really do much of anything donovan wilson didn't do really anything jamal had a slow night joe short like really across the board it was not a good defensive performance which is a tough look with how many points i had on the bench but um like i said it's it's week one i think i think things are going to turn around here um maybe end up making some moves um to shuffle things around but overall you know not the week i wanted but going into next week i'm feeling feeling good i like too about the defensive changes that we didn't get to talk about but like in the flex spot, whereas in the past, it's always just a spot where like I need a mm. I need a linebacker there. It's just how it is now. Like Caleb's team, I, I think I'd be just be rolling one of those D linemen out every week. I mean, wow, yeah, I roll out Joe Schobert and might get you like seven eight points. Hopefully, he gets a sack or a pick. Or do you roll out like Chris Jones or Max Crosby, where it's like hey, these guys might put up twelve sacks this year, and I I kind of want to be a part of it. I. I hadn't really thought of that that much. It's always been, like, ingrained in everyone's brains, like, linebacker, linebacker, linebacker. Like, you're starting a linebacker in that spot occasionally, like a defensive lineman. But now that that sort of play, like, it's still a little risky, but uh, the upside with it is probably higher than what there is with our linebackers. So you could I, – I could dabble this week. I could see maybe rolling out Bosa Burns and – chandler jones and seeing what happens so yeah that's a good point i take it back i don't want you to do that (laughs) (laughs) i i love that point 
I love that. I have not like that never really like entered my mind, but when you say it, I'm like, of course. Of course. <laughs> because it it is. It is the ultimate high upside play. Like it is and it's no longer like high upside like before it was like a defensive lineman has a two sack performance. What is that? You pr- probably get about 14 points yeah. out of that. That's a, you know, that's another day in the at the park for some of these linebackers. But now you got a guy with two sacks in a game and that is that could change a lot. That could change a, a matchup. So, I mean, I actually really like that a lot. I think you're going to start to see that more and more throughout the season, maybe um, where we're already seeing the impact of some of these defensive linemen uh, just based off of guys that are starting. You might see teams kind of strategize around that and maybe even start to go out, try to add a third guy that they can mm-hmm. utilize in that spot. Because I mean, the, the 10 plus tackle linebacker performances this week, I mean, you noticed it a little bit more like there was some, you know, 16 pointers for like an 11 tackle game or something. But I mean, that that potential there with the sacks is it it matches it and it can definitely exceed it now. Yeah, we talked about that, too, I think, with Dan Steen Lyman in the pre-show where he had three of them. It's like you can only start two, though. And I think Dan already I think he did start Aaron Donald in his IDP. So he's he's already on that, too. So, yeah, I I'm glad you, I feel even better now. I'm glad you brought that up. I, <laughs> this is what we're here for. <laughs> taking his D lineman back off the block. It's the, yeah, sorry it's guys, the, you had your chance. It's the it's the th- signature therapy sessions here on the <laughs> Web.com podcast. Um, what else was I? Oh yeah, uh, last point with this team quickly before we jump over to Parker. Uh, the Debo game looks even potentially better than it did just based off of what's going on with Brandon Ayuk. And obviously we'll talk about him later when we get to Carter. But, uh, I mean, if if that is a thing, if, if the Ayuk ascendance doesn't happen the way that a lot of people expected it to, Debo is the direct beneficiary of that. And he starts the year with an absolute monster performance. I mean, that could be, you add that into this lineup alongside Keenan Allen. uh, And, you know, obviously Kenny Galladay kind of has some injury concerns and a a new situation. I mean, maybe Debo slots right into that role and, and takes over on this offense. Yeah. That'll be a lineup decision. I have to go through between Galladay and Debo. Um, Both sort of the, yeah, what? Debo. <laughs> Did I say Tebow? No, I said Debo. I just made the decision for you. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Tim <I>, Tebow. <laughs> I was like, I thought I said something wrong. I thought you were correcting <laughs> no. me. But you were correcting me because I should start Debo. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to go Yeah, wherever the good hamstrings are. I'm just going to roll with them. <laughs> Follow the hamstrings. It's a good plan. <laughs> Uh, all right well uh jumping over to the winner of this game that was parker a team that we also uh kind of blew up a little bit on the pod the preview pod um and you know the he he has a a 200 point game this week which 
is really not a thing anymore. Um, <laughs> with scoring, scoring was up uh, 26 points per game overall from from last year's average. So um, the the t- 200 might be your new like. <laughs> 180 Slight, like kid had a good slightly week. above average <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh but but nonetheless uh he he comes out with a win here seven web uh solid week for parker uh kicking things off and you know it was he he gets the win and the lineup was certainly not at full capacity i mean we saw sort of kind of dud performances from guys that he expects to take you know major jumps forward um, moving on, especially Devonte Adams, uh, that whole Packers offense sort of let everybody down this week. But um, yeah, thoughts on Parker's week one? I mean, I think this was an outstanding week one for Parker. If you go into it and say he got less than five points from Zeke, that Devonte Adams had 56 yards and no touchdowns, that Diggs didn't score a touchdown. I think you would have expected Parker to be taking a loss and maybe a pretty bad loss from a stats perspective, and he didn't. His whip was still seven. I mean, I think there's a lot to like about that. You have to guess that the Bills are going to figure it out. That offense is going to get going. Diggs is going to get going. I still think the Packers, I highly doubt this is the, the end, so I think Devontae Adams is going to keep going too, and I think there's a lot of, like, good things you could take from that Zeke game too despite how pedestrian it looked from the get-go so the fact that he didn't have three of his best players playing to what we expect them to play and he still put up 200 points so I think that's a very very good signs for Parker's team that's a good point his top guy is not really doing a whole lot other guys pick up the slack um Zeke that's probably gonna be one of his toughest matchups of the year that Bucks uh, D-line is so good um, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, another sort of slow start uh, to the season here. I, I'm thinking he'll probably pick it up here. You know, the offensive line's kind of rebuilt, retooled. They're probably still trying to figure it out. So, still got hope for him. How about TJ Hawkinson? I think, oh, yeah. were we looking at this, him taking this, finally taking this step into stardom? Um, I mean, 11 targets, 8 receptions, almost 100 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, with Jared Goff at quarterback, you look at the receivers. Uh, I was going through. Khalif Raymond was their uh, highest snapped receiver that they had out there. So it's just a dumpster fire receivers. And Hawkinson and obviously De- DeAndre Swift are going to be the big beneficiaries of it. And I think Hawk's just going to be this safety blanket, and even more than that for Goff. So I think this is great news to see him sort of taking that next step. Um, defensively, Joy Bosa is still doing good. Khalil Mack puts up a dud, which, um, I don't know, he kind of had a slow end of the season, just one tackle in this game, so maybe something to monitor with him um, at the defensive line spot. But otherwise, just a, a solid performance with with a few of his guys not playing up to their, their best. So I think the future is looking good for Parker here. Yeah, I love the Hawk point because I think that could easily be someone we see take a step in that elite tight end tier. I don't know if any of us picked him for web factor. I assume somebody did, but yeah, like you said, the lines are going to be down a lot like they were in this game, and TJ Hawkinson ran a ton of routes, got a ton of targets. I think that's going to be a huge piece for Parker. Yeah, I think uh, 
the type we always talk about it and i mean it's a general consensus sort of a rule that tight end takes a little while but because we are reactive and dynasty players don't like to wait around much you almost start to kind of forget about these guys after a little while and i mean hawkinson has dealt with some injuries and and you know he plays for a team that isn't always uh you know thought of to be a high-powered offense but uh i think this as we enter year three that that sort of you know the year quote unquote for the tight end i mean to start like this it's hard to ask for a better start and it really has to make you excited for what could be in store because uh, the tight end position needs more stars. It needs some life, and uh, we saw a pretty good class a few years back um, with with Hawkinson and Fant. And if those guys can kind of breathe life into this position and take that step forward this year, that's going to be huge, and especially for this team uh, with with Hawkinson. Um, and the other point that you brought up there, Caleb, was defense, which we talked about this team being potentially a, a record-setting defense, which, I mean, every, essentially everybody's going to record-set this year. But uh, in the grand scheme of things, this could be uh, a historic defense, and they did not start that way. And that – and he – I mean, he picks up the win. That's That's all that matters. But – when you look at the defensive performance, there's a lot of room for growth there. Jeremy Chin did not have a good debut for this team. Uh, Khalil, uh, yeah, Khalil Mack, like you said, uh, very slow start. Um, so, you know, something for him to monitor over the next, you know, three to four weeks here, see how it goes, see how it, it progresses. And uh, he's made so many additions to it this offseason. So um, we'll, we'll see how that all uh, that all works out for him. I just want to also bring up the quarterback play here real quick. 35 from Russ, 39 from Jameis, 33 from Brady. If uh, Dave's looking for a quarterback, <laughs> this might be the team. Mm-hmm. Feels like Brady's got to be yeah. starting somewhere. for, And that it, it feels like Dave would be a good spot for Brady. <laughs> and then when Brady retires, him and Breeze can hang out on the bench. Yeah. For a <laughs> analyze things <laughs> oh god oh we, we we needed a new dave meme now that he has like seven wide receiver ones <laughs> oh man well uh moving on to another uh disappointing start and what i alluded to earlier um with uh frazier and the money makers so um, let's, let's start with the money makers here because it fits with the theme of, you know, we, Caleb, uh, was disappointed by his result and we were close fresh. It was a close game. It came down to Monday, but you know, in the end, the, the money makers were, were not, uh, not looking like the team that's coming off of two titles. Yeah. I mean, we don't get these close Monday night battles too often in web and we had we kinda took a back seat. I don't know if anyone even knew what was happening. Um, where I was I think I passed you early fourth quarter, maybe late third quarter, so that was a a pretty fun game. And if it wasn't for the Packers, I think I would have had one of my most enjoyable Sundays in a while. It was <laughs> just a nice low stress. Like, I don't care if I win or I lose this game. I'd like to win. I got this new 
scrappy bunch led by Corey Davis, and we're we're at least putting pressure on Mingo. And I was like, that's good enough for me. So, I mean, I I very much enjoyed my first week of low stress web. So, what are you what are you thinking? I'm thinking that what you just said about the Packers directly translate into this fucking game because, uh, yeah, big big offseason acquisition, the new prize piece of the starting lineup, the reigning NFL MVP and Webb MVP uh, finalist last year, Aaron Rodgers with a negative point performance. I mean, that is where this game starts and ends. That doesn't ever happen, and Rodgers was... Yeah, it happens about once a year. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> remember how bad that Bucks game last year yeah. was? And this was somehow worse than that. It, I mean, it he, was. he looked atrocious. He looked horrible. And Aaron Jones was just, you know, it followed suit right there, nine yards for Aaron Jones, I mean, just a horrific performance by the Packers, and that you know that cost me thirty to forty points right there. Guys that I would mm-hmm. expect to to be there, be rocks in this lineup for that for that, and you know that's that's where this game was lost. Yeah, I'm not too worried about that yet. I mean, by the time with the way the Saints are just driving the ball on us, by the time. I mean, they had, like, two or three drives, and then when we got the ball down, like, 17, there was only, like, three minutes left in the second already. And I just feel like Rodgers started playing YOLO ball a little bit earlier than he usually does, so not too worried about that. But, yeah, that, that definitely was the difference. Yeah, the the game script for that game was just all messed up from the beginning. Just no nothing with that offense got put together, just no drives, nothing – couldn't establish the run couldn't establish the pass i mean it was just awful nothing Um, was established (laughs) literally nothing not even anything on the defense defensive side of the ball we we got nothing out of that game um i don't know which which team am i starting on here do i (laughs) you can start wherever you want i mean we're talking about how much my team sucks yeah well we'll talk about how much your team sucks but in reality it doesn't suck because if we get a good quarterback performance from rogers like a normal 30 25 point outing you're looking at a a lot different conversation here um t higgins has a nice little game scores a touchdown hopkins does hopkins things kelsey does kelsey things um james robinson is a little bit of a a weird spot here he out snaps carlos hyde but carlos hyde out carries him and the jaguars are already a dumpster fire week one losing to the houston texans of all teams um but I think what you really like to see, and something we talked about in the offseason, is this defense. And it wasn't even led by Chase Young, who just only scored 6.75 points. It came from guys like Hassan Reddick, who is a sneaky free agency ad, I believe. Um, sort of, He has a nice little bounce back with Brian Burns on the other side and improving Panthers defense. Bobby Wagner still got it, 13 tackles. And another Seattle linebacker, Jordan Brooks, 11 tackles. So... All of a sudden, you got the Seahawks linebacker duo. Um, Logan Wilson does all right, eight points. Uh, really, the only thing here is the DB, we might have an issue because Landon Collins did not get a lot of snaps. Really, n- neither of the Washington guys did, which didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, the guy I picked up, McCain, uh, was the leader there. So we may 
have an issue at DB, but uh, some bright spots at linebacker and defensive line, possibly. And Jordan Hicks. Oh, yeah. I forgot on the bench. Potentially looking cuttable is still the starter. Still only scored 4.5 points, but he's he's still there. That's that's what happened this week. That's what's so weird about this. Like I I did almost cut Jordan Hicks, and then I was like, I can't, not yet. Uh, and luckily, it, it turns out. But the points don't match. And Landon Collins, who I was very confused as to what happened there, uh, he also was uh, primarily playing in the box. I mean, he was on the field a lot and he was in the box over 50% of the time. So I don't really know where the the tackles were missed for those guys. Um, expect that to turn around throughout the, the year. And I'm, I mean, Jordan Hicks might sort of start to lose, lose snaps to uh, Zayvon Collins as the season progresses. But um, yeah, I mean, the defense was, was eighth this week. So, I mean, not, not great, but um, I was certainly concerned about it heading into the season, and there were some definite bright spots there, um, things that I really like to see, like you mentioned there, Jordan Brooks having a good a good first week, and then uh, Hassan Reddick, which my my defensive line group, which is, you know, we're, we're riding with 2013 guys still. This is the end of the road. Uh, Cameron Jordan and J.J. Watts still there, and I needed that number two uh, that I could plug in, and I'm hoping that Reddick is that guy um, after this week. I mean, he um, had he had one of those five-sack games last season, 48.25 yeah. with our yep. new scoring in 49 yep. snaps. So that's <laughs> insane, but might have been overlooked. But, yeah, big for you. Just pick yeah. the right week. Right. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? He's probably uh, him and Chase will be uh, carrying the load until Cameron Jordan gets a sack, and then I'll just be playing roulette all year. Maybe I'll try the three defensive lineman thing, but um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's just one of those weeks. Like I, I was I was sort of you know in a weird place on Sunday. Like you know, did I make a mistake? Is my team is it past past the prime? Like are we are we done? Um, but I think it's just one of those things where you have to kind of let it ride. You know, Kelsey, like you said, Caleb Kelsey was Kelsey, Nuke was Nuke, and then just kind of hope that Rodgers uh, and, and Aaron Jones kind of bounce back a little bit there. Um, but, yeah, definitely a, a, an unfortunate start to lose to the Frazier team who is entering a rebuild. And let's talk about David Wilson, Batman, uh, carried – by this electrifying group of wide receivers that you have now. Yeah, somehow better than last year. I <laughs> tried to make them worse. Um, so maybe I just shouldn't try in Web 2. But yeah, just a, just a weird... Like, I was sitting there Monday night. We got Mark Andrews and uh, Jonathan Abram and like... They would do good things, and I'd be sitting there like, yeah, let's go. And I'd be like, wait, you're supposed to lose this year. Like, <laughs> What are we doing? Just can't, like, ah, uh, Webb, I just can't not, like, enjoy winning, even if it's, like, against what what the betterment for my team. It's like, should, like, lose, get this top picks. But, yeah, like, Corey Davis touchdowns were felt as good as touchdowns last year, the Abram tackles and andrews catches to seal the victory felt as good as last year it was weird i 
don't was not expecting this and i don't really know how to describe it just, just want to win and web it just can't not like winning yeah it's such an odd lineup from you this week it's like you're running the ppr backs mckissick and white and mckissick i mean he doesn't even get a catch uh the receivers antonio brown looks looks great Corey davis looks great jamar chase looks great i mean yeah can't be understood and of course dj moore with maybe sam darnold um, a little bit of improved quarterback play that's big there uh yeah that was awesome to see defensively Rashawn gary didn't really do anything um, we have to wait and see that i mean yeah we, it was the packers game uh davenport showed some promise got hurt lve looks like he's cooked <laughs> another one of those cowboys linebackers who have lost it uh but otherwise, yeah, I mean, nice debut from Abram, Taylor Rapp all right week, Roquan. I mean, nothing special, but, um, yeah, I think the, the storyline is those receivers. And Elijah Mitchell, everyone's favorite waiver wire guy. <laughs> all right, slow down, Caleb. You're hitting all of my points again. Just let's Sorry. take this step by step. Okay, <laughs> starting with the wide receivers, Antonio Brown. You guys tell me right now. Well, maybe not Frazier. You might be a little biased. But, Caleb, why don't you tell me if you think that this is a real thing, that Antonio Brown is back in 2021? Um, Depends what he's back to. I Well, they're saying, they're saying that he looked like the Antonio Brown. And after one week, it's hard to dispute what they said because Brady was looking for him and he was open a lot. First of all, who's they? Let's get this. Sorry, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians said that he looks like, sorry, yes, pronouns. You're right. Bruce Arians. Um. I mean, we have to remember it was the Cowboys' defense who all last season was just really bad on the defensive end, especially at, like, DB and stuff. But he looked good, and Brady still looks really good, and they hate giving it to Ronald Jones, and they don't really like giving it to Fournette, so I think they're just going to keep throwing it. Um, and it, Antonio, I mean, this this would be huge. I mean, this is a guy who was basically down to almost like no value for a while. And now, I mean, you could definitely see him putting up wide receiver two numbers and Frazier does what he wants with them. You know, hold on to him for a little bit. Most likely if, he, if he's still in this rebuilding phase, trade him out to a team that's looking for some uh, receiver help. The thing with the AB Tom Brady partnership, that always like appealed to me, even like back when it first, like when he first got traded to new England is, like Tom Brady always seemed like he thrived with like those get open guys, and I don't think we've had a better like get open guy than Antonio Brown for like the last like ten years. So it just always seemed like such a natural fit. So it was just nice to see kind of the idea of it go come into real life. So that was that was a nice thing to see. Yeah. And another nice thing to see was Corey Davis, which, if you'll allow me to quickly give a monologue before I let you pick it up, uh, I just want to say that, like we just talked about with tight ends, needing time to mature, I think we're noticing something with the wide receiver position over the last few years. And it's players like Justin Jefferson – 
who make this hard for people because you want to see it right away. You want to see that instant production. You know, Jefferson has a historic season, and suddenly that's the norm. Everybody wants to know who's the next Justin Jefferson. But I think we all need to take a step back and understand that the wide receiver position can be very difficult to translate to the NFL, and it can take these guys some time. And I think Corey Davis is the perfect example of a player that got written off very quickly because of his draft capital. And, I mean, maybe he'll never live up to that. But by God, did this guy find something? Because last year he looked like a different player, and now with the opportunity to be the focal point, the number one guy in an offense, I mean, he looked phenomenal. He looked great. I mean, it was a huge performance for him. So there was a lot of hype around his name going into the season, and right away we see that in week one. And it's just it's so great to see Corey Davis emerging, and hopefully he can keep this up and stay healthy because it's just awesome. And I really hope that people start to look at wide receivers that, that they liked or drafted or or anything like that and start to say, it's okay, like, we'll give you some time because these guys can turn out for you in the end. It might take a few years, but, you know, we don't, we, you don't know what's going to happen. Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, these names pop up in your four and five, and suddenly you have a real guy in your lineup. So that is my piece. Frazier, take it away. Yeah, I think, I think Corey Davis was a guy that kind of – I think he kind of got lost in the shuffle of the offseason. He he went to the Jets um, in free agency, and back in March, it wasn't a sexy spot. I think people wanted him to come to, like, Green Bay or another Kansas City or another place that had an open wide receiver spot, um, and he didn't. He went to the Jets, and it was ugly, but then they got Zach Wilson, and it kind of looked good, and then good news was popping up from, from Jets camp with the new coach. And I... I I always thought he did pretty good. He got stuck behind A.J. Brown, who's a, a superstar in a low-volume passing offense. So I just I didn't think he was getting the respect he deserves, and he's just the guy that was going out of my way to try and get before the before the uh, season because I just thought, I think this guy's better than anyone the Jets have. I think they're going to be down a lot. Um, they got Zach Wilson who can sling it, and I had Zach Wilson, and... It's it's turning out pretty nice so far. We like where where it's at. So, um, just a nice nice accusation. I'm no might be number one Corey Davis fan. Who would have thought? Yeah, it really is. I don't know how this happened. The, that was like the origins of our scouts elite was the Corey Davis Mike Williams debate. And I'm I mean now you roster both of them, but and I mean yeah. Mike Williams. I I mean I shit on him in the Discord the other day. He had those bad plays, but. 12 targets giving people time (laughs) oh my goodness he's gonna have both of them he's gonna have the top two receivers from that class um but yeah crazy that he's still only like 26 it feels like he's been in the league forever and yeah like you said it's a good maybe a good case study here you know maybe a guy like denzel mims i mean he's also a jets receiver i know there were offers in some leagues where it was a third for mims was offered to me do i do it and 
You know, maybe at the time it feels like, yeah, I just want him off my roster. But uh, with the capital that was spent, um, some of these guys just take a little more time. So, um, yeah, it's it's awesome to see Corey do this. Uh, I mean, it's week one, so we may want to slow it down a little bit. But uh, if he can keep it up, that would be that would be great to see. We're not slowing it down. All right, yeah, I figured. <laughs> Just getting that Speed on it up. Speed <laughs> it up. Uh, very quickly, before we hit on our last point with this team, uh, speaking of wide receivers, draft capital, et cetera, et cetera, Jamar Chase, anybody who said that he sucks or couldn't catch or couldn't separate, <laughs> fuck <Damn>. you. You <laughs> guys are all fucking stupid, and I'm saying it. I'm not – this is no longer the G-rated show. Ooh. If you ever – ever said jamar chase was not a good player because of a training camp report you're fucking stupid done don't feel like the lower end of the don't talk to me or my son ever again (laughs) that's right that that burrow to chase ball just like gave me flashbacks when it happened it was like oh my gosh it is it is 20 what 20 was it 20 2019? Yeah, because Jamar yeah. didn't play all of 2020. Yeah, that was awesome Burrow to see. was on the Bengals and on IR. And cr- crazy to think that Jamar was out-snapped by De'Ami Brown. The old... Yeah. Well, yeah, the the Frazier uh, faithful De'Ami. right there. De'Ami, Tsunami. One reception, negative two yards. <laughs> it's coming, folks. Snaps. <laughs> snaps. He's out there. Take cover. <laughs> Last note with this team, Caleb, you mentioned it about 15 minutes ago, uh, Elijah Mitchell. Um, I have one simple question, and that is, is Elijah Mitchell this year's James Robinson? Oh, God. Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. Interesting choice. What I... Let me jump in here quick because the uh, so the, the this is what happens when somebody like this emerges. Everybody in the world gets on a high horse because they read a Matthew Berry article or they maybe looked at a depth chart once, and suddenly everybody's like, "I knew Elijah Mitchell." I knew it. This is I. I was so smart, <laughs> and it's just like we we you talk the the Keel Pro Dynasty show uh, discussed this player in the running backs episode, and anybody who scouted the draft maybe uh, would have known about this player being an athletic sort of guy with tape that maybe left you with something to desire Um, but I think the bigger point here to take away is that Kyle Shanahan is just gonna fucking roll with whoever he has and Raheem Mostert is out for the season that is something we didn't talk about with the money makers but he is done it is over which now leaves these two rookies and Jamichael Hasty and Jeff Wilson and whoever else they pick up off of the wire I mean, I personally, I don't know what this backfield is going to look like moving forward, but I don't think we should assume, as I think a lot of people are right now, that Elijah Mitchell is the the guy 
moving forward. I mean, Trey Sermon was not active. So that is mm-hmm. something that still is going to factor in here. But there's, I, I asked the question because this is the hottest name in fantasy right now. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the Kyle Shanahan backfield. I just don't think Webb is reactionary enough to um, jump on someone like that after one week now. I think it's going to take at least a couple weeks before he gets any sort of trade value traction and web try and build upon this and it might not even take the, or he could feasibly go all this year and still in web it might be the James Robinson <laughs> web yeah, sucks he's going to get drafted his replacement's going to get drafted next year so we'll see um i could easily see a shenanigan like uh Elijah was just active for special teams. Monster got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Elijah stepped up, but then Trey Sermon steps into Mostert's spot the next week. So I mean, I I just don't even know what's going on yeah. in San Francisco anymore. The IU thing just threw me for a loop, and I I hate Kyle that, it That's exactly what I was like. I mean, looking back at Mitchell, like when we talked about him on the Dynasty show, it was like, yeah, film isn't great, but athletically is good, and so that's, so that's where he was banking on, and you like to see it, but. This backfield is just like so it'll be you could definitely see Sermon coming back and and taking a larger share of that and all of a sudden Elijah Mitchell is yesterday's news and it's only been a week or Jermichael Hasty gets more run like it, it it's so unpredictable with this offense and with if you bring Sermon get him active you bring even you could literally just bring Jeff Wilson in the mix when he whenever he's healthy and like he could be a potential starter in this so yeah I'm not I mean he has the athletic profile to be promising in this offense. I'm just not going fucking insane over Elijah Mitchell like he's the next uh, big thing in fantasy. All right. Well, let's move forward. Let's move on to a team that uh, performed better than anybody this week, uh, and that is the new look DK's Pirate Crew. <laughs> Before before we launch into the game, the pirates. thoughts on the brand. I love it. Video was amazing. Got me pumped up. I mean, that's that's all we want in a brand. It doesn't have to be ridiculously creative. It was just pirate crew. Now we can call this team the pirates. And like, ah, oh, it's part of the crew. That's all we want. It's all we need. It. Nobody's asking for creativity here. Just say something that I can say on the podcast that's a word, not waddling my jack or something. <laughs> I was very worried when I – because I, I didn't see the video at first, and Tim was like, wow, great job editing, Dan. And I was like, oh, shit, is my, like, web uh, – the era of, like, me being the good video editor, like, done? Like, <laughs> what did Dan do? Like, I know he's, like, a tech ed teacher and stuff. Like, has he been just, like – grinding on premiere pro or something <laughs> i loaded up on twitter and i'm like oh okay <laughs> uh but yeah it was cool i kind of like it it's cool part of the crew and uh, more importantly than anything this team is really good so they yeah. sure are they sure are and uh this week that meant a week high this team is very familiar with that uh and they start 2021 in the same boat um, 274.6, which is very close to his own personal and web record of 283.88 points. 
Um, but obviously with the scoring changes, it's a little bit inflated. But even even dropping his uh, defensive score down to his average last year, which is uh, you know discounting some of the performances that he had, this still would have been a 230-plus performance. So very strong start for Dan. Um, and uh, it all started right there on the defense with that near 100-point game. Yeah, this was a statement, I think. I don't know if I would have predicted that we'd get 20-plus points. I'm still not completely sure that's going to hold up, but if that's true, I think Dan's got the the strongest defense, and he definitely showed it out of the gate. And it wasn't really even built upon just one player. It was just solid throughout. It's not like he had a, a Chandler Jones putting up 50 points. It was just, I think his best player put up like 14, 15 I mean, he still put up almost 100 points on defense, and I can't help but feel some deja vu um, with Dan getting mixed in. And I'm not going to single out Caleb here. This is part of everyone's fault who had him. This just feels a lot like uh, when Dan got Derrick Henry after those first slow couple seasons. Um, all of a sudden, mixing this Bengals offense looks like it could be explosive. Mixon is super involved pretty much the whole time. Gets a ton of catches, 23 points. It just feels like we might have done it again. We might have given Dan his next uh, elite running back to pair with Mahomes for the next, like, four years. So a little bit of deja vu there. It kind of sucks to to have been a Mixon owner, and if that actually does come into fruition and he finally stays healthy, it's it's scary. Um, So it might not even matter my little bit about team depends on Derrick Henry too much it might not anymore one week into it god just when you made me feel good about my defensive line <laughs> bring me back down um <laughs> yeah no it was big to see that 29 carries I mean I don't know when the last time we saw that from Mixon is I think Geo leaving really helped because for whatever they really I mean Geo's a solid player so um but um yeah that was huge to see that from Mixon obviously you got to see him stay healthy and do it for the rest of the season but uh, Derrick Henry sort of slowed down this week. I mean, the whole Titans offense sort of was. I feel like everyone's just sort of waiting for Derrick Henry to break down, like with all the carries he's had. And, you know, a game like this, again, not overreacting, but it's like, oh, is it starting? Like, this is a guy, like, probably very hard to trade away for a younger asset in Web right now. So he's sort of just got to ride it. He'll probably bounce back, but got to monitor that. The Mahomes Tyreek deal—it's just same old, same old. DK goes up and gets a touchdown. Chris Godwin reminds us why he was a top receiver just a couple years ago before his finger injury and whatnot. Um, David Montgomery might be legit. A hundred yard—I mean, he looks legit. Over a hundred yards, sixteen carries, and that's with Andy Dalton at quarterback. Um, and, yeah, they said the defense, I mean, just across the board, I mean, Aaron Donald, his lowest performer at 9.75. So it's really hard to pick out any major, really any minor concerns with this team outside of, like, Derrick Henry, who didn't yeah. even have that bad of a week. We, we talk about, I mean, we talk about Joe Mixon, and that, that could very well be the case. But I think David Montgomery is a player that needs to be discussed a little bit more because, um, like we were just talking about with receivers, I mean, this was a, this was a guy that 
you know, was fourth overall in Webb. And not, that wasn't that long ago. And I feel like he very quickly was decided on as a bust or as a, an underperformer. Um, and the name started to get a little bit, you know, David Montgomery, really? You want me to take that? Yeah. Um, but uh, if the Bears' offense, is in, assuming that Justin Fields kind of takes over here, I mean, we've already seen what David Montgomery can do in a horrific Bears offense. And um, I think we have to start understanding at this point now that this is a, this is a guy. I mean, he the way that he finished last season – and now coming out of the gates looking like this, I mean, he's a young running back with pretty good draft capital behind him, and he was a good prospect. And, I mean, now is the time that, you know, we start to really consider him as potentially a top running back. Uh, and we talked about, you know, can uh, can he be a web factor? Can he, can he uh, fill that flex spot and be that guy? Um, yeah, this is a, this is a straight up three headed beast. I'm not calling it the three headed monster anymore. That's overdone. This is a three headed beast. If Mixon and Montgomery can, can do that. And I mean, you look at Montgomery, he's got like the feet of Saquon Barkley, the vision of (laughs) Le'Veon Bell, the strength of Zeke Elliott and the athleticism of Sony Michelle. So I mean, I don't understand how we ever missed on this guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but seriously, like, you mentioned the, the oh, wide receiver serious. that we don't. Yeah, yeah, you were serious. <laughs> but to bring it back to an even more serious note. Uh, <laughs> Get real serious in here. <laughs> All right, you talked about wide receivers at Corey Davis not getting enough time to develop before we throw their names away. But David Montgomery, man. I mean, this was a guy that I've just just been ripping on, I think, on the pod probably <laughs> if I went back and listened to it. But just another case of a guy just getting, like, just he looked not good his rookie year. He had flashes last year, really finished strong. And then this year he comes out, and I think this is the first time I've, like, sat, like, truly watched an entire David Montgomery game in a while that wasn't a Packer game. And he looked, like, really good. He looked like, I saw someone say he looked Chris Carson-y, and... He did. I mean, I I'm pretty excited for David Montgomery. Another another guy just like Mixon who's popped around Webb a few times in his first couple years and then might truly emerge on Dan's team. So another hmm. another guy that was on my team. I I'm I'm no longer trading running backs. <laughs> Half not... the league has been on your team at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But no, it's I, that it, it it is a thing, and I mean we we really like to champion ourselves here in Web, uh, obviously with our uh, Scouts Elite slash Keel Pro slash whatever we're rocking now, the the scouting pedigree, and being ahead of the game, and uh, we we are as guilty as anybody uh, of uh, jumping in too quickly on these guys. Um, if they struggle as rookies or anything like that. So I think this year, week one, we've seen it from a few guys. Maybe we all need to just sort of relax a little bit and fall back on our uh, analysis and our what, you know, 
we we all think we're pretty smart here. Maybe we should trust ourselves a little bit more and stop letting Dan reap the benefits of it all. Maybe that would be fun <laughs> for once. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, this offense uh, to kind of wrap things up with this team. Um, I mean, it, defense got buffed, but offense did not. And this was one of the best offensive performances in the history of Webb. Uh, he was at 174.83. Um, so very, very scary stuff for a team that we talked about, you know, uh, widely kind of predicted here, a, a Dave Dan finale, something that, you know, could have been last year and now looking like even more so the case, uh, at least through one week here in 2021. Jumping over to the Pens, who, by golly, they tried. They tried. Mm-hmm. Um, this this Dan Tim game, you know, it, it's it's a web, it's a legendary web event. Week one, um, it's looked a little bit different, but this year. With Tim, not really sure what to think about this team heading into the year. And uh, they looked uh, pretty good. At least pretty good for Tim's standards. Something to build off of. Mm-hmm. It was just solid across the board, kind of like we predicted. It would have been nice to have um, his two healthy running backs. But Tyson Williams. Yep. Kind of thought that guy was a plotter. <laughs> and he looked pretty spry. Like. He was a completely different player than I was envisioning him to be. He was just out there catching passes from Lamar. Didn't know that was a thing. Um, and yeah, new acquisition. CD looked amazing. Um, Rondale Moore, not a lot of snaps, but made the most of them. Um, definitely some things to be excited about. Still a year away for Tim, but there was some, some flashes. Um, and yeah. Yeah, we saw flashes. Uh, CD had some drops in his first game with the Pens, but uh, 15 target stills in that high-volume offense, that's good to see. Uh, Brian Edwards was, what a night that was. Three quarters I had to sit through on Twitter getting laughed at for being a Brian Edwards truther. And then he just, when the world needed him most, he came through. Four receptions, 81 yards. Loved to see that. Um, like you said, Rondale Moore, I know I tweeted out those snap counts. He was under, I mean, he was in the lower part of the rookie receivers, but four receptions on five targets for 68 yards, and he made an impact in the on, in the return game. Um, I think as he gets more implemented in that high-powered offense where we see Kyler Murray playing MVP-type football with Cliff Kingsbury as the coach, I think of the Rondale Moore pick, I know we maybe poo-pooed on it a little bit in the uh, – in the draft review um, for him taking him over like a Terrace Marshall. But uh, it, it's looking up for that pick. He, may, he might prove us wrong there. Um, and then and Pitt's not quite the debut you'd hope. I, I can't stop thinking. Uh, I wish the Falcons would have just taken Justin Fields. Like, I love Kyle Pitts, but they are, they suck so bad. And now they like Kyle Pitts is nice, but you're stuck with Matt Ryan. And I don't know. Um, but, yeah, Tim, I mean – it's tough with his running backs out. I would have loved to see this team at full strength, but there's still some solid takeaways away. Well, okay, let's let's start with Pitts uh, because this is obviously the the big 
the big name in his draft hall, second overall. Lot of buzz, lot of buzz with Kyle Pitts uh, in the redraft circles. Been a few, and he is going very, very early for tight ends. So I want to get your guys' opinion on this. It's week one. It's the week of overreactions, but Pitts had the sort of week that many seasoned players may have expected out of a rookie tight end, even one of Pitts's caliber. So after one week, what are your expectations for Pitts rookie season? Are we are we seeing what is assigned to come, or was this just a acclimation week for him? I think, and despite that I don't want to say this because I want to make Tim panic because I'd like to get him on my team. <laughs> I mean, I think this could be a, a just an acclimatization week, but I also think, whereas, like Caleb mentioned, this offense might suck the whole year, I think Pitts was used like in a way that makes me like really excited because... I think he was kind of moved all over in the way that we see Travis Kelsey use. Um, so just that alone, and he, he got a bunch of targets. They didn't come of much because the Falcons are trash. Um, so I don't expect much out of him this year. He's definitely not going to be a good win now piece, I don't think. But I, I am very excited just with the way he was used and targeted in week one. Yeah, I had... I feel sort of, like I said, I, I think the, the Falcons are awful, but eight targets in your first game, obviously only four receptions. But like you said, how they utilized him, I really liked that. Um, obviously the hype was insane coming into this season. I mean, he was getting drafted over Darren Waller, who I don't even think we we didn't talk about much in Dave's game, but Darren Waller, I mean, is just one of the best tight ends in the league. I mean, he's And that was a guy we were comping Kyle Pitts to, was Darren Waller. So... I think he's got a bit of a ways to go to be like that, and you need a quarterback like Derek Carr who only looks at you to put up numbers like that. But um, no, no time, not not a time to panic here. Um, obviously, watching Chase, it feels like that uh, SpongeBob meme where uh, Patrick's or is it Squidward in the inside and he's looking outside at Patrick running around <laughs> and doing something. That that's Tim right now. He's he's stuck inside with Pitts and. Jamar Trace is going for 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, well, th- I mean, th- this is the this is the bigger conversation here. Like, this is why I bring this up because like nobody's worried about Kyle Pitts long term because of one week. But I think there was this expectation by a lot of people that he would just come in and be the the exception to the rule at the tight end position and take over and be that guy on the sort of like Waller Kittle tier already as a rookie. And that just always felt so ridiculous to me. So I think, you know, it's Tim is going to be able to kind of see him grow this year without having to, you know, rely on him um, without, you know, in, in a season where he's not expecting to compete. So that's good for him. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a sort of reality check for anybody who expected this guy to do more than that, I think, uh, this year. But 
Um, one last point on on the pens here is Jalen Hurts because he looked phenomenal against the Falcons, and um, I believe he is now into the starting lineup over Joe Burrow for Week Two uh, against the Money Makers. So we'll see how that goes. But I know this was a very uh, divisive sort of player. Um, a lot of people were were excited about him, and some people like myself were still you know, stuck on our initial evals of him. So um, what do we think of Hertz's long-term uh, prospects? Um, I don't think it changes much for me. He was definitely really good this week, but I think I want to see it for like two to three more weeks before I um, kind of move him off that guy that I think we, I think everyone knew is definitely going to be fantasy uh, relevant, maybe even like a potential stud just from the the running ability, and he definitely looked way better passing in this first game. But I think I want to see it for a few more weeks before I would feel confident in him as someone to keep their job for longer than this year. Yeah, I feel like we're we might all be thinking thinking the same way. We it was better than I expected to see him. I've been pretty low on him, maybe too low, some would say, uh, but. Like I said, it's the it's the Falcons, so I'm gonna need to see this for at least another week or two before I'm all in on Jalen Hurts. All right. Uh, moving on then to our fifth game, uh, and we are going to hit on the Rebels against the Carters. <laughs> is what I'm calling them. <laughs> Jackmies. Give, <laughs> give it a try. Waddle it's take for you jack me that's what i got the jack me's well i don't know why he's talking about jalen waddle and miles jack so much because the story of this team is kyler murray no. uh, carter gets a win here in week one uh 200 point game which like we said i mean this was probably more of like a 185 ish type week for him um but uh kyler is Kyler is the guy. This this uh, this is a, a we are watching what I believe and what I said last year might have been one year early on this, but Kyler's ascension to being uh, widely regarded as one of the best quarterbacks in the league, an MVP candidate this year, um, and just you know some of the throws that he made against the Titans, it was like this this is his moment. Yeah, I keep. I kind of alluded to this with Justin Fields talking about what he could be, but I feel like I, I feel like eventually we're gonna get someone who lights it up, rushing the way Kyler and Lamar have, and then also combined with the way these top tier throwers have done, and I feel like someone eventually is gonna do it in the same year, and it's gonna just like break the NFL, and I feel like Kyler has that potential. And if this game was any indication, if he can have a season like this, that could be that player. Yeah, that one, I don't even know, it was like a fadeaway throw to the back of the end zone. That was one of the most absurd throws I've ever seen. That was just ridiculous. That was like the the Rodgers Hail Mary, that's what it looked like. But it was just like, how did he do that? And the other one where he was just running around for like 15 seconds, like it was rookie on fucking – that trash Madden game. I mean, it, it, it was awesome to see. It really was. Yeah, 
I mean, this he he has all of the talent, all of the tools as a passer, as a runner, like you're saying, Frage. I mean, this is a guy that can definitely do that. And I think, uh, you know, we we saw it a little bit last year, and then he sort of fell off in the second half of the year. And so we'll, you know, we'll obviously have to see how it progresses uh, coming out of this first week. But very, very encouraging for this team that's, you know, sort of in a transitional phase to see that, uh, you know, Kyler can be that kind of guy that can really turn the turn the tables for this team quicker than maybe he thought. But um, unfortunately, we also have to talk about Brandon Ayuk because uh, it was a win this week, a very uh, good performance for this team. But Brandon Ayuk was a guy that we talked about a lot as one of the foundational pieces for this team as he moved forward. And uh, it's it's well documented by this point that he was not really on the field. And there were some concerns, um, you know, it wasn't injury related. It was, it was play related, coaching decision related. And so um, how, how worried are we about Brandon Ayuk? It's going to leave uh, him for Caleb. <laughs> Nobody man, wants I, to touch this one, man. I, it's, it's a tough one to touch. Um, I I couldn't help myself but go back to some old tweets uh, with the old booze man about between Debo and Ayuk. Um, I also can't help but think this is karma for a certain 9-11 photo that had Ayuk <laughs> and Buddha Baker. Um, I really don't know what to think. This this is like the Dante. It's literally like he got Dante Pettis. Um, where Pettis was a, a second-round pick. He came in and uh, he looked good, but he just all of a sudden just got no playing time. And Shanahan like, says he's not it's like not in the doghouse, but it's like we need to see more from him. And when – I don't even know what his name is. Sherfield is getting more snaps than you. And it's like he wasn't – it was like, not like he was like hurt or something because he was getting return duties. So, like, you're not going to put a guy who's got, like, nagging injuries on return. So that – that was one of the biggest head scratchers from week ones where it's like this young ascending talent is just, I, I don't know if I've ever really seen anything like it before. Like this is even like Dante Pettis was never to this level. No, the, the sentiment around this player going into the year was incredibly high. I mean, this was one of the, your, your primary picks for who's going to break out in year two. I mean, a lot of people would have told you Brandon Ayuk was that guy. I mean, he had a great rookie season. I mean, when you, you know, we're, we can talk about Justin Jefferson, but that is such an anomaly. I mean, this was a regular rookie season that was very good, very encouraging. He had some real marquee performances. And then to come into year two right away and just be in this sort of position. I mean, and, and what's, what's funny about it is like Jalen Reger is a guy that we have openly slandered and, and counted out. And, you know, I, I made it very clear that I never, I was never a fan. And I, you know, uh, Ayuk was certainly a guy that I would have taken over Reger a hundred times out of a hundred and Reger's the guy that, that scores this week and looks, you know, maybe he does have that sort of, uh, role in him in year two. So, 
Um, it was it was good to see Waddle scored as well. So the the other two guys there, Waddle and Reger, they they did it. But Ayuk, the guy that you would have thought was the the no doubter, he's the one that that misses out. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other way. I am not worried. Um, I think this is gonna be one of the things we look back on in a few weeks and be like what what was going on with that because everything kind of works its way out to normal. I really think. This is just as simple as this guy's got a, a hammy that he's trying to come back from, and I think they're just kind of working on it, working him in slowly. Didn't have a lot of practice time in the training camps. I heard Garoppolo say they haven't like fully had time to kind of build that chemistry, and Garoppolo was out a, a while last year too. So, and with the return game, I heard he only returned one punt, um, which oh, is okay. not like fully like he was in special teams, but. And his, he got ramped up in the second half. So just the way it's looking, it looks like it's just the guy being worked back slowly for Miami. I think it's kind of turned into this thing because Kyle Shannon's such a fucking weirdo <laughs> you know, with the way he handles everything. <laughs> but as, as of this point, I'm not too worried. I really think it's as simple as a guy just working his way back from an injury. So we'll see. Could be completely wrong, but that's my take on it right now. Speaking of being worried, where are we at with Ronald Jones? I mean, is there, is this really a guy to worry about if he's never actually? Oh, you know, he he averaged some good yards per carry, as Carter pointed out to me. But um, four carries, fourteen yards, one fumble, negative point six points. Is this a guy we're waiting out on, or what? Are you, what, are you, what about you, Mingo? Let me host this. Let me toss it to you. Wow! Wow! Look at you go. <laughs> uh no, well, okay, here here's the thing. Like we talk about these running backs, uh, you know, kind of letting them give them a chance to to get up to speed. You know, this is year 4 for Rojo, and last year was like the first year that he really showed anything, but I think you just have to follow the follow the breadcrumbs. I mean, they Leonard Fournette was added, Gio Bernard was added, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, this is a backfield that never really was shaping up to have any sort of clear presence. And I don't think that's a good, a good place to uh, expect to have a guy to count on. So I think, you know, where, where he is in this team's lineup in the flex spot, I mean, that that's fine. Um, But obviously this week with the fumble and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of other options there. If you know, he might start to lose favor a little bit and and really kind of fade out of things here. And I know Carter is, you know, this is his guy. But um, in terms of expectations, I mean, I don't think you could really be expecting much out of this. And I'll say this too, Devin Singletary, a guy that we criticized, he looked good in week one. And he had he had a large percentage of the snaps. So uh, if, if, if Carter doesn't have to lean on Rojo in that way and he can stay in that flex and maybe Singletary takes that step forward a little bit, um, then that, that's going to be good for this team because, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't want any part of anything that the Buccaneers are doing in the, in the backfield. Me neither. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to – I just want to point out a couple of good things for Carter since it feels like I – kind of put him down a little bit um jerome baker part of that eric kendrick's trade that i somehow missed um 
Played 100% of the snaps, 12.75 points, 11 tackles, solid day. Cam Hayward, uh, sort of this ageless wonder with the Steelers, underrated, has a big game. Gronk, how about this guy? Eight targets, eight receptions, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Um, I mean, this could be a possible trade piece. I, I know, I mean, I know he loves Gronk, but um, with the tight end landscape as it is, this is, I mean, putting up big numbers there. And Damian Harris, 100 yards rushing, 23 carries. Um, it was part of the David Montgomery deal. Um, see see where, where he goes this season. Uh, it would be nice to see if he could take a step forward. Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, we talked about this team uh, on the preview. You know, it was sort of in between phases for a long time and then, you know, finally embracing this next phase. And I think there were a lot of encouraging things this week when you talk about a future outlook aspect. And, I mean, this is going to sound like a broken record because we've been kind of hyping this team up for, like, three years as having a a good group for the future. But, like, I really think that you do start to see that for real now, um, especially with the wide receiver group. I mean, if, if these guys can really uh, keep this up and Waddle is that guy, you know, that's that's going to be so huge. And, and he does have those trade chips. Gronkowski, I mean, I don't, I don't want to even talk about that. That's so stupid. I hate everything about the Buccaneers and this, like, the fact that this guy can just get up off the couch and come back to the NFL and be this player again. I mean, I don't, I don't get that. That's, that's stupid. The body just needed um, a year off. People forget he's yeah. almost the same age as Kelsey. Well, they always it's it's this Buccaneers team is like reviving elite talents from the dead. It's like they have a special fucking formula over there, <laughs> Gronk and a- and Antonio Brown. It's like what are we in yeah. 2016? The TB12 diet. It really is. Yeah, right. It's ridiculous. Um, well, one last point of positivity for this team: uh, perennial week one winner. A hot starter, Carter is five and one all time in his week ones in Webb. So wow. uh, he gets the win this week, but not necessarily unexpected. Um, Josh, on the other hand, may have told you that it was unexpected because he did go into the year with some expectations, and obviously those were altered due to uh, the Cam Akers injury. But nonetheless, I mean. You take one piece out, but you know you expect to kind of still have a team that can that can uh, put up a fight every week. But unfortunately, in week one at least, it was not to be. This was a one wib this week for Josh, one fifty-two point two zero, and you know just really couldn't find the traction anywhere in the lineup. Um, uh, you know, Saquon didn't have it. Uh, and yeah, what, I mean, what does this mean? Does this mean anything to you? I just love, <laughs> love that I'm back to my favorite weekly tradition of reviewing Josh's box score on the podcast and seeing the off roster red type by the tight end. I love it. I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, uh, yeah. Swift looked good. I mean, that yep. looks like maybe a little Kamara thing happening there with Jamal and uh, Swift. That could be fun. That's all I got. 
It's uh yeah, slow start for Barkley. Already had to deal with the uh, Acres injury. The point I made about the rated receivers. Um, I mean, Woods scored a touchdown, but only had 27 yards receiving, and for whatever reason, sort of had a lower snap count. Cooks had a solid day, 130 yards, so that's good to see. But Marquez Callaway, who at one point was worth a second-round pick, according to Twitter, two targets, one reception for 14 yards. He will he will have the opportunity to, again in a good offense, so maybe we'll see it. Um, but, yeah, even I, – I mean, it was a bad defensive performance. Even Young-Way Koo, the, one of the – stellar points of this team from last year struggled just four points um yeah it's a tough week i saw him on twitter he was feeling down um maybe well here all right i'll lift him up a little bit von miller what third round pick von miller third round pick von miller two sacks three tackles 20 points right there aren't gonna get i don't think anyone from the third round scored that many points this week i'm guessing maybe mac jones uh, oh, damn, I, I didn't mean to dig Josh for that Whoops. one. That was oh, unintentional. Jesus. That was actually unintentional. Oh, jeez. Um, that was uh, fucked up. I, I, that was really I, not I okay, Caleb. Only, that, was, that was the only name in there. Um, oh, man, and Trey Sermon, too. We didn't even uh, – I think he was just uh, sort of a healthy scratch. Um, okay, Christian Kirk, two touchdowns. That was good. And he's got the two um, sleeper linebackers who get all the snaps. We've got Kenny Young, the Rams linebacker everyone wants to own, and Cole Holcomb. The Jamin Davis party is going to have to wait a, f- a little bit here. Holcomb, 100% of the linebacker snaps. So I think those two dudes should slot into his starting lineup on defense well. But just a lot of, lot of question marks around this team right now. Yeah, the defense was a you know that that's a huge disappointment. I mean, we're we're only a couple of years removed from you know this being the defensive team. I mean, number one in scoring in 2019, number two in scoring 2018, um, and now you know after a, a little bit of a decline last year. Uh, he now enters 2021 as the lowest scoring defensive team in week one. So um, this was uh, a, a part of his identity in the, in the championship year and, and what came next. But I think he's kind of still searching for that new, that new defensive identity of his. And I think like you just said, those two linebackers on the bench this week, they'll slot in um, and could, could bring some instant production to the group, but yeah, Von Miller. I mean, hell yeah, dude. We we criticize this pick, but if he's uh, if he's back to form and and putting up these sorts of numbers, then yeah, that's a that's a good pick there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard to assess this team right now because you don't you know it's it's week one and there's a lot of dis what I would consider disappointing performances in the starting lineup. So I think there's a pretty good chance that he, he bounces back a little bit next week. And especially as Saquon, uh, sort of gets up to speed here, but, um, definitely, uh, it, it, it's not, it's not ideal to see this, uh, in a year where you were kind of hoping to, to get back into the mix. It feels like Josh might be doing that, uh, strategy that we discussed a little bit last year, just the, pure waiver defensive strategy with traded Darius Leonard 
He traded out of spots where he could have picked Parsons and Jammin. Um, kind of picking Von Miller in a spot where he's just he's just finding these potentially undervalued bets or vets, and they put up 20 points for him. So I feel like I'm not inside his head, but I feel like that could be something it kind of seems like he might be doing. So it might be fun to follow how successful it is. All of a sudden he's got two linebackers playing all the snaps that he kind of got out of nowhere. So picked up that that guy on waivers had a lot of claims in. He looked like he was good from the from the Rams. So it might be kind of fun to follow for the year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's I think we we did see that a little bit after uh after those elite defensive years, he was pretty quick to kind of move on from some of those guys. Um, and Darius Leonard was a guy that he added off of waivers. So, I mean, he has some experience there. Um, but as uh, as the defensive market gets more and more competitive year after year, and especially with the draft and things like that, I mean, it is going to be harder to do that. So, um, yeah, definitely something to monitor this year um, if that's where he is indeed at on on defense. But um, let's let's jump to our final game of the week. Um, Colin and Riley, the expansion showdown or expansion expose, maybe. <laughs> yes. Sure. You like that? I do. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Whoa. Uh, well, these two teams certainly uh, let it all hang out in week one, or maybe they didn't. But they did have uh, they did have uh, a game that was close and kind of reminded us that these two teams will be linked uh, for at least the next few years because I think they're we're we're still seeing that they're in sort of a similar position. Uh, Riley with the two whip this week picks up the win over Colin with the week low, um, but a game that was a little bit contested. So, you know, obviously these are two teams that don't have expectations necessarily for this season, um, but uh, a, a good start for Riley here nonetheless. Yeah, kind of feel like we're going to have to get into midseason four quick on the pod with uh, filler talk on some of these non-competing teams. <laughs> oh, I mean, Jesus. I feel like we're already kind of into it. What do we... What do we talk well, about? Okay. Judy looked really good. Whoa, whoa, too soon because that was horrifying, and I am so before, glad that it was that. a real thing. Yeah, he did. He did. Well, that's another. We're talking about receivers. We gotta, dude. Any, okay. Slow down, Mingo. You're getting ahead of yourself. All right, Jerry Judy. The rookie year that Jerry Judy had was a good rookie year. It was good. Nobody, nobody wanted this guy. Nobody. I have him. I have Jerry Judy in every single <laughs> redraft league that I'm in this year because his ADP was fucking stupid and nobody cared anymore because he wasn't Justin Jefferson. That's it's it's so stupid. He wasn't CD Lamb. Oh, he sucks. Like, it's so stupid, and I'm really upset that he got hurt, but I'm so happy that he didn't snap his leg in half because I'm really uh, looking forward to see what to seeing what he can do when he comes back, and I think Riley uh, has a, a really nice piece here to build around. Yeah, uh, it was good to see that right away there. He was 
I think he's a much better fit with Teddy than uh, Drew Locke was. And also, he's uh, and sort of the opposite. We'll talk about maybe Sutton, but I feel like Drew Locke's better for Sutton, sort of varying styles of play. But, yeah, it's kind of glad he just, I mean, at least he didn't, like, dack it or something. Like, he might be back later this season. So that's really good to see. Yeah, with the, the route running, it looked like it was going to pair nice with Teddy. So it definitely sucks to see it end that quick. So hopefully he can come back from that high ankle sprain. And, and Chark. 12 targets on a team that looks like they're going to be down a lot. And he was getting like those high value targets, those ones, the deep shots down the field. So, I mean, I think this was a guy that was kind of an afterthought in the offseason. I think his value was kind of just subdued, not a lot of people thinking about him. And I think that was a good a good week one for, for Chark on a team where Riley's just kind of looking to see these these high upside guys get value boost. So with the Judy injury, it was nice to have Chark on the other end of that, get that the type of usage that he got. Yeah. Chark was a guy that I think had a lot of upside here because of obviously the Trevor Lawrence factor. And I mean, you, you don't like to see uh 12 targets, three catches, but hopefully that will improve as, as Lawrence improves and, and God, I I want to say as the offense improves, but I I am in a black hole. I hate everything about Urban Meyer. Just go to USC and get the fuck out of here. And just I okay. Um. Anyway, well, uh, Elijah Moore slow start there as well, but a guy that you expect to kind of bounce back. And also Justin Herbert, uh, statistically fan or fantasy wise. Um, not necessarily a great start to his year, but uh, uh, a good game from him, and they pulled out the win there. So, um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where you you take uh, you take the positives where you can get them. Also, Isaiah Simmons, yeah. uh, huge huge performance. That that might be the story of the week, seeing that progression out of him. So, that's uh, that's big for Riley. And then on the other side of things, uh, the number one story for the Dynasty team this year is Devontae Smith, and so far, so good for Devontae. Yeah, it was a big week for him, obviously. A lot of, there was, I wouldn't say, uh, it was kind of question marks. A lot of, there was the, he was the hot topic at uh, wide receiver as a prospect, and he looked good week one. He sort of had that Calvin Ridley kind of play out there Um, once again. It was against the Falcons, so I'm going to hold off a little bit, but just performed really well week run where, like, a lot of guys maybe struggled a little more, like Elijah Moore, negative yards, Deami Brown, uh, Tony not seeing the field. But Devonta Smith, uh, a really solid game, and it, it's got to make him feel good with one of his first big uh, draft picks here for the Dynasty team. To, it looks looks promising early here. Yeah, going back to the Hurts talk, I think a lot of the Devante um, question marks this year were kind of tied to Hurts as well. So if if we look back to Hurts where we talked about if this guy can string together a few weeks, it kind of changes the outlook for him. It would change the outlook this year for Devonta as well. So it would be interesting to watch. Definitely. Quarterbacks, dynasty team here as well. Uh, we talked about this potentially – being a sort of loaded unit, but we have not quite gotten that far yet uh, with 
Baker sort of, um, you know, he, he didn't have a bad game, but he didn't have any touchdowns, so it, it looks pretty bad on the fantasy scorecard. And then Tua as well, sort of uh, an okay, okay performance from a fantasy angle. Um, and what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah, Sutton. Um, like you, we mentioned that, but that was a, another big story here was the return of Cortland Sutton to this lineup. And so far, um, not, uh, not seeing what we want quite yet, mm-hmm. but, but should have the, uh, Judy vacating some targets for a few weeks yep. here. Maybe look for Sutton to string a couple weeks together. Um, yeah, d- for sure. Darnell Mooney played a hundred percent of the bears snaps. Ooh. Um, only didn't really have much to show for, but again, we're sort of waiting for that Justin Fields effect, so that could be promising. Uh, Russell Gage is interesting because he was like sort of getting some hype this offseason, like Julio's gone, he's getting all the targets, and he goes uh, a nice stat line of zero receptions on two targets. So, yeah. uh, I, I that. Need to find, I, I saw a tweet of a guy saying Russell Gage was going to play the role that everyone expected Kyle Pitts to play. Need to find him. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I bet it was. I bet it was that Christian yeah. guy because that guy Probably. sucks. <laughs> oh, I hate that guy. Yeah, I, oh, I hate <laughs> that guy so much. <laughs> I need to. You need to link. I his. sat on that Gaskin. I thought about that Gaskin tweet Jesus. weekly. I was like, the second that Dokes is gone, I am popping this bitch out because I hate this guy. The second he said that, I was like, you're an ass. Does, does kind of sound like a take you would have. I should go. I should go check. Somebody send him his. I don't. I don't really know who the guy is. He probably pops up from time to time. We need to keyword search uh, Russell Gage um, on his profile. See what we yeah. get back. Get on that. I will. Get on that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So uh, there we go. That's that's week one of 2021. Obviously, a longer show here. A lot of buzz. A lot of overreacting to do. A lot of excitement. So we are back. It is happening. There are uh, wins and losses on the board, and now it is time. It is time it's to bring time. back. We've done a lot of podcasts already here in season six slash 2021 web.com podcast but we have not done any of this so let me welcome you in to the first lightning round of 2021 oh okay all right that sounds good i like that i like that let's go okay let's jump into our week two slate and Frazier, I'm gonna. You, you got you got the hookup here. I don't have spreads. Oh. <laughs> too early. Cut the music. Well, <laughs> cut the music. Cut. Well, oh, well, okay. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs> no. All right. To determine, we'll do... determine proper spreads. We can pick them straight up. You, maybe. Maybe next. You're right. Week. Ve- you're right. Vegas is taking yeah. them off the board. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Don't don't even. <laughs> I can't think about betting anymore, dude. It's okay. Well, that's another Just story. Top all on, right, top let's go into it. Back. Week two. Keep keep the music week, playing through all that. <laughs> we <laughs> turn it up now. <laughs> it's, I'm never Base turning it off. Week two games. Let's jump into it. We're picking them straight. Classic lightning round style. Let's start over here. 
with the Moneymakers looking to rebound after a week one loss uh, against the Insulin Pens. I think Tim might put up a fight this week. He's got a he's got a scrappy bunch, just like myself. Mango showed that he's kind of struggled with these scrappy punches so far this year. So I think there's a fight, but I think uh, Aaron Rodgers gets back to a little bit of the normal Aaron Rodgers and gets Mango a comfortable win this week. I'm gonna say by by 20. Yep, I'm gonna go Mingo bounce back week with Rodgers Jones cooking against the Lions. Um, I am looking though. Hertz is playing the 49ers, who just gave up all the points to Jared Goff. And almost let them come back. So uh, Hertz could have a big game, and I may have to hold off on me deciding if he's good for another week till he plays an actual good team. But give me Mingo. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't imagine another week like we saw from the Packers. Please God, don't let that happen. So I think, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be a fight, but I will take myself as well. All right. Moving on, Parker uh, is taking on Riley this week. So is this a, is this a little early season trap game for uh, you know two one and all teams? Ooh, I, I don't think so. I just don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think Riley's got the firepower to take down Parker this week. I'm gonna go with Parker. You know what? I'm, I'm gonna pick him by. What are these scores looking at? I'll pick him by 35. Yeah, I'm taking Parker, um, Riley, sort of moving the lineup around, bringing in Hollywood and Pittman into the fold, but that doesn't really change anything against this Parker squad. Give me Parker by 40. 61-point advantage in the projections on Sleeper right now for Parker, and I don't see this team slowing down anytime soon. A lot to improve on after a week one win. So I think he does that week two and picks up another victory here. Highest sleeper production of anyone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, Moving on then, Caleb looking to bounce back as well against a team that uh, looked pretty damn good actually Mm -hmm. in week one and Carter. So maybe maybe this is our trap game. This this could be a trap game. Kyler might do one of those years where he just puts up 35 a game and Webb and carry Carter. Make him a little uh, scary, but yeah, I think uh, I think the kill pros pull it up, move to one and one by let's say by 25. Yeah. Um Big game against Carter. He has early season success. Kyler does scare me um, against the Vikings there, but I I gotta think uh, we bounce back this week and I get the dub by 26. Very precise. Ooh, ooh, seven point four. I'm feeling a little spicy on the Week One podcast, and uh, you know. I Ooh, ooh, give it to me. Carter taking it to 2 and 0. Ooh. Caleb, you'll get there someday, but not quite yet. <laughs> we'll shake things up. I got a feeling, man. Black be... eyed peas. I'm in. <laughs> You're so... are you going to be back on Carter by like week 4? If he wins this game, oh yeah. I'll Oh I'll, god. I'll be like next week. Just 
take all my players and take it to the ship. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. I am dreading next week's uh, pod if that happens. <laughs> God. Kelvin, after a uh, dominant week one performance in which he did not pick up the win, he now takes on Frazier who is coming off of the week one victory over the Moneymakers. So a little, uh, maybe a little spicy one here as well. I think it is spicy. And I think a lot of people are saying I was a running back away, and I I have a running back now. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull the upset. 2-0. Oh, no, let's go. Whoa, here we go. <laughs> Damn. I, uh, are you starting Leighton Vanderesh this week? Uh, No. Okay, that makes me so. feel a little better. <laughs> I don't know if I can pick you for starting. Him. I I might go with the upset too. This is after what I saw this last week with the wide receivers. If Elijah Mitchell like actually does something, um, kind of a fun little offense could be a sneaky sneaky win from Frazier. I don't know why, but that's what my gut's telling me. You gotta trust the gut. That's what you gotta do here. And my gut's telling me that this Calvin team should not be 0-1. And coming out of week two, he's gonna be 1-1 because this offense is not gonna slow down. And uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, his quarterback won't score negative points. So, you know, hopefully <laughs> that will mean he can win against your team, Frage. Uh Moving on to well you know what no we're, we're not it. gonna do that yet we're gonna skip this game we're gonna go on to uh colin and the dynasty team coming off of a week low here uh facing off with josh who is uh you know coming off of a pretty low wib himself so two teams that are looking to get some momentum uh back into uh the season here uh i gotta go with josh there's just not enough not enough in this dynasty team lineup. I, he really needs Baker to put up some stats. Otherwise, there's I think he's gonna have a rough a rough year. So pick Josh by I'm gonna say maybe maybe Barkley bounces back. Maybe Josh can play 25. Yeah, I'm taking Josh too. I think we could have a saw a little bounce back week. We got Jared Cook in the tight end role for all those who are wondering at home. Uh, Cole Holcomb and Kenny Young inserted and Juan Thornhill. So a new look defense and that the Rasheen Green guy too. That's four waiver wire guys um, entering this lineup. So we'll report back. And, I mean, this is basically all offseason I talked about, you know, either going waiver wire or drafting guys. I ended up drafting guys and... Uh, Josh, give me a nice case study, because now I'll, I'll know if I did the right thing or not. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Dynasty team did spot this team by uh, 20 points on defense in week one, so maybe that is something to monitor in this game. But I do think Josh uh, will have a bounce back, especially on the offensive side of things this week. Hopefully Saquon can get into the, into the mix here. Um, and yeah, I will, I will take Josh as well. All right. Last but not least, lock it in game of the week, 2021 championship preview question mark Game of the year. I mean, game of the <laughs> year in week two, you're not going to see it. This is, this is how this works now. 
There's not there's not gonna be another one of these. This is your one matchup until the postseason. May that uh, be the case. But Dan and the DK Pirate crew are going into Dirty Dave Land. Coming off of these two teams with excellent showings in week one, both looking exceptional so far. But only one of them is going to come out with a win here in week two. So who's it going to be? Uh, damn, what a what a tough start for Jay here. I mean, he gets the, everything from Calvin. Now he gets Dan. I think these are the two teams we're going to be following this year. Um, I think Dan took the first punch in week one with that just absurd uh, score. And I think Dave takes the second punch in week two. I think Dave takes him down. Yeah, pound for pound, what a matchup. Just down the line, looking at the lineups. This is awesome. This is what you love to see week two. Um, I'm going to give it to Dan just with the, the quarterback edge with Mahomes. That's going to be that's a Sunday night one, uh, Chiefs-Ravens. So we get Mahomes and Tyreek Sunday night that Dave gets to wait and look forward to. Oh, that's, that's a t- there's, that is there's a tough few one. Things. A few things are worse in web than being ahead of Dan with Mahomes in a primetime game. Yeah. So, like like the the Chiefs against the Browns, I think Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill pull this one off. Yeah, I think a big story in this game is going to be the defense because, you know, Dave's defense last year was was dominant and uh, I think with the with the scoring changes the the needle kind of shifted a little bit to some of these D-line heavy teams like Dan. So um, if Dan has that sort of defensive advantage this year, as we saw through one week, that could be kind of big in, in watching these two teams as they progress. But um, in terms of week two, I think we talked about Dave having a little bit of upside left in this offense and Dan, uh, what I would certainly hope, uh, kind of hit his peak in week one or I, I hope so at least it was a historic offensive performance in week one for this team so maybe a little bit of regression on that side um, so I think in this case I'm gonna pick Dave we're gonna we're gonna do that because uh, I also need to even things up in the big five so we'll do a little bit of a selfish selfish pick there as well but uh, cannot wait for this game it's gonna be electrifying and uh, yeah that is uh, that's week two. And there, there we go. What a beast unit of a pod. Just like, just like that, dude. We got a, we got a freaking two-hour pod. We got a, a game of the year candidate coming up in week two, and it's, it's only just beginning here in the year 2021 for Web.com. So, a lot of fun to have yet um and really looking forward to spending the next few months with you guys breaking it all down so nice to nice to be back on the uh the weekly grind it's gonna be a blast to you and yours (laughs) 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 all right (laughs) let's make it a great week